You're listening to PX Space, a patient experience podcast devoted to the human side of healthcare. With your hosts, Ashton Elder and Linda Robinson, the Vice President of Clinical Excellence at MDM Healthcare. We launched our podcast in August, and what a year it has been. Nurse leader Linda Robinson, the VP of Clinical Excellence at MDM Healthcare, got to dive into some really hot topics that face patients and hospital care teams as they relate to elevating the hospital environment and enhancing the lives of those who visit and work there. We also hosted some amazing expert guests. So to end the year, we wanted to showcase some highlights from some of our podcast episodes and highlight some of our guest speakers. I hope you enjoy and stay tuned for some amazing topics and guests in 2023. Today, my guest is Allison Schlinkert. She is the Director of Nursing Practice and Clinical Education for the Bon Secours Mercy Health Cincinnati, Ohio market. Lots of new nurses in our organization, probably more than we've ever seen. Um, But we have found that this is a critically important relationship that needs to be built. Um, So my team, rounds on all new hire nurses for their first year of employment. And during that first 90 days, the cadence is every two weeks and it does taper off throughout the year. But because my team members support multiple units and report up through a shared services structure. So we are locally deployed at our facility levels, but we report up through our system. We often joke around and say that we're like Switzerland. We're like this neutral territory. We support our units, but we also support our system. So of course there are some standard questions that get asked, but this round serves as much more than just asking questions. Mm -hmm. It has become a safe space to share. Today I have Deidre Murphy, and I'm not going to say how long we've known each other, but we actually started um, in nursing together as new grads at a 12-bed ICU work and night shift. She is actually the founder of Meridian Healthcare Consulting. Her company specializes in designing and implementing high-reliability strategies in healthcare. When you think of that term high-reliable, what does that mean? Yeah, the term uh, being reliable does describe really a culture uh, that's striving for that air-free performance, meaning Mm -hmm. that every day, every procedure, every time, whether patient, uh, that they receive the the quality, safest care that uh, can be provided. And this is all while uh, doing it in, again, that complex, high-risk, hazardous environment, uh, healthcare. Um, for decades, I'll just mention that, you know, there's been this pervasiveness of medical errors um, that have been a concern uh, and also a point of controversy, whether that's within or even outside the healthcare industry. And um, most are familiar with the statistical labeling that medical errors is one of the leading causes Mm -hmm. of death in the United States. So it's Mm -hmm. very unfortunate, but it is the opportune time for healthcare to Uh, take action. I have a very special guest here today, Amy Gordon Fisher. Hospitals, treatment areas, clinics, waiting rooms, you name it, she's put common content there. I really love how, you know, having the videos in the room and accessible through a patient engagement solution, um, it also allows it to be individualized. 
you know, you get a package of videos and they can choose what are those things that are coming to them. And if the patient isn't alert enough, the family does know that information. And so that's that's so important. It really does provide a much better atmosphere for that patient. Exactly. So what we find is that patients, and I'm sure you know, Linda, patients are basically uh, captives in their rooms. They're a captive audience as well. And what do they have but their phone, their tablet maybe, and the TV? That means what a hospital chooses to put on is in many ways critical to health and their families. And then you think about ICU psychosis, the noise, the up all night, the interruptions of your sleep patterns. And um, you think about all, all that hospital noise And um, I know you have dealt with this as well, as far as patient care goes. I mean, I think we all try to, um, you know, limit that external stimulation, but tell us a little bit about that. On the average, a patient endures 135 different alarms each day. Hmm. Hospitals are often louder than a highway during rush hour. And sleep deprivation is, as you know, a common complaint. the cacophony is not only bothersome, but can endanger lives. Many caretakers and doctors suffer from what they call alarm fatigue. Mm-hmm. They hear Definitely. so many abrasive sounds that they simply ignore up to 10% of important life-saving alarms. So today on PX Face, I am very excited because we have a very special guest. It is actually my sister, uh, Dr. Erin Elder. And as everyone knows, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I was just so excited to have my sister, who is a breast cancer surgeon, join Linda and I today um, to talk about the topic on the podcast. So what do you, um, what would you encourage someone maybe that's listening to this this podcast, what would you encourage them to ask? Yeah, I think, you know, the main thing with breast cancer it's just understanding like your individual tumor characteristics and how that impacts your um, outcomes, but also your choices and treatment. Um, so I think it's just important to like fully, you know, ask and understand, you know, your your particular cancer since it is so individualized. Um, then you know, try not to. I think a patient wants. I have more like what not to ask than what to ask. I feel like people focus too much on what a uh, stage. Um, like what stage mm-hmm. their cancer is. That's what everyone wants to know. Um, right. You know, luckily um, throughout like most of the stages of breast cancer, patients actually do really well and have really high survival rates. Um, so I don't want them to get all bogged down on the stage right. um, because right. even if they're a slightly higher stage, they still have a really good um, chance of doing well. Uh, and so I don't want them to like hyper-focus on that and then like mm-hmm be too anxious because um, also a lot of the staging, we can't really give you a true stage until we do surgery. So uh, that gives us the true size and the true lymph nodes. So it's hard to like give you that information up front, but it also in some ways isn't the right thing to focus on. Today I have with me Dr. Michael Gieske, a primary care physician who for the past three years has been the leader of one of the most robust lung cancer screening programs in the country and possibly internationally. Yeah, that's great to hear. You're, you're spot on. 
it's all about communication and education. And it's not only for patients, but like I said, for providers as well. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't even taught to do lung cancer screening, even though it's been around for more than 15 years. Yeah, it's changed a lot over the last several years. But, you know, lung cancer screening has been very slow to catch on, partially because of the stigma and partially because of something called nihilism as well. You know, again, having been in practice for 35 years, when I hear lung cancer, those two words today, I have to really fight that deep down visceral feeling of dread and hopelessness that I've been used to for the last three decades. But it's very, very different now. We're not only going after it and finding an earlier when the chance of survival in stage one can be greater than 90%. But even when we find lung cancer in the late stages, stage three and stage four, these patients are doing dramatically better than they did just five to 10 years ago. For this week, we wanted to delight you with some healthcare humor. Today, I have a dear friend who I've worked with many times over the years in the emergency department and in my earliest years in the ICU. His name is Terry Foster. Terry is a gifted, compassionate nurse who approaches life and work with a smile. Terry has authored more than 40 professional publications and is a distinguished clinical lecturer. Nationally, he is a well-known and sought-after speaker on nursing humor, which is why we have asked him here today. He has been featured in the TV program, Untold Stories of the ED, and Sex Took Me to the ER. You may have seen him in those shows. Terry has performed at the Las Vegas Caesars Palace, Atlantic City's Trump Tower, and at many local comedy clubs here in the greater Cincinnati area. Some things that happen that you know are just so funny. And I happen to be somebody who years ago, actually in 1979, I started writing stuff down at work because I never I never kept like a diary or a journal, but I had a yellow legal pad in my locker. And I would just be like, that was something funny somebody said or or just a different a twist or a turn. And I would just jot that down. And like, I never thought in a hundred years I would ever present on that. Today, we have a special focus on gratitude. It is now the season of gratitude and giving. So to promote the season, we have a very special guest, Bonnie Barnes, who is the co-founder of the Daisy Foundation. You know, it has, we marveled at the fact that nurses don't always appreciate the difference that you make every day. We have heard a million times the response to receiving the Daisy Award. I didn't do anything special. I was just Mm -hmm. doing my job. But when you're on the receiving end of that care, it's special. Believe me, it is Mm -hmm. really special. And we need to, to share our gratitude because we certainly feel it. We never forget you as nurses. Today I have with me Angela Brenneman. She is a doctor of pharmacy. She is currently the director of business development for a large private organization and comes with the background experience of the director of ambulatory and outpatient pharmacy at a large hospital system in Northern Kentucky. I have known Angela for many years and have worked with her on key patient experience and pharmacy projects. So I think the first thing is we, we, usually go to the most traditional thought of patient experience and thinking about when there's direct contact with the patient or when someone's like just right in front of them. But instead, you know, thinking about the patient experience as a whole and on every touch point we have with the patient. So 
when I'm you know, thinking through programs or ways that we can impact our patient experience, I think very broadly first and thinking about a health system uh, where we see the patient coming in as far as physically, where they're walking in the building, what they're going to be looking at. Um, then it goes into also about how we're connecting with them. Um, on a follow-up and, you know, through the telephone calls or if we're going to be using telehealth. So thinking about it in every avenue of where any point that we can have a connection and whether it's even just the patient or a family member or anybody else that would be in, um, in that same kind of care plan for the patient mm-hmm. and then start to ask the question, okay, now how does pharmacy have an impact in that? And I have with me today a very special guest, Kathy Chick-Halloran. She is here to share with us her inspirational life journey as a breast cancer survivor who took a tragic diagnosis and turned it into a mission of hope. She is the co-founder of the Chicks and Chucks Breast Cancer Foundation. We are honored to have her with us here today. And I marched up to Joe Gross's office. I did not make an appointment. He was the CEO. He was the CEO at the time. No appointment. No. Just marched on in. Went right past the secretary, Barb Krobman. Croman at the time went right in there and I said I put the book on the desk and he turned around and he looked because nobody announced that I was there right myself right and I said Mr. Gross I'm Kathy Halloran and I said they call me chick and I said um I raised a lot of money for that breast science going in down there and I told him I do these two events I raised a lot of money and I said I'm telling you what buddy I need to be here with this new cancer center the breast center's opening up. You need a breast cancer survivor on staff there to help those patients. And I'm your chick. Today we have with us, and I am honored, is Amanda Gore, who started out in healthcare as a physical therapist. Then 35 years ago, I'm not sure who told her that she had such a gift, but somebody did, and I'm so, so glad that they did. Um, and she has been speaking on joy for the past 35 years in healthcare. The bottom line is you are absolutely worth loving and you are absolutely good enough, which doesn't mean that we can't grow and develop and improve, but it does mean you are absolutely worth loving. In fact, humans are the embodiment of pure love. It's just that between zero to seven, we cope that magnificent essence with those fears. The consequence of telling yourself, remember, these are just stories we're telling ourselves. It's not the truth. It is not the truth. The truth is you're the embodiment of pure love. You're an astonishing being of light. That's just been coated by malware, if you like. Our VP of Clinical Excellence and host of the podcast, nurse leader Linda Robinson, spoke on some very important hot topics one of which was the current nursing shortage and the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on the profession. So, you know, innovation um, is is what it's all about. And I will say that um, the McKenzie Frontline Workforce study in March of 2022 said that if there are no changes in the current care delivery models, research indicates a gap of 200 to 400,000 nurses nationwide by 2025. Alternatively, it was estimated that every 1% of nurses that leave direct patient care, the shortage worsened by worsens by 30,000 nurses. But then the bright side is, and I know this is a lot of numbers, but it, you have to put it in perspective. The bright side is 
For every 1% expansion of capacity created through changes in care delivery models, technology-enabled productivity tools, or alternative sites of care settings for patients, decreases the number of nurses needed by 25,000. So that is a bit of the bright side. And when you're working um, with technology, you want it to work with you. You want to look at what the workflows are and say, you know, we have this existing care model that we utilize. How can we infuse virtual care within there and supplement our current nursing care models at the bedside with a virtual care model? So if you think out of the box, you could have a primary, you could have two primary nurses. One primary nurse is the nurse that comes in and out of your room. Your other primary nurse is virtual. You could reach out to your virtual care nurse. Um, you have the ability, that nurse has the ability to come into your room virtually, to round on you on an hourly basis, to answer questions, to do your admission paperwork. I mean, these are things that Nurses can do virtually, but do them in a personal way. Another topic Linda spoke on was addressing the crisis of hospital workplace violence. Linda has been an advocate for the issue throughout her career. And they created, the Joint Commission created a um, standards for a framework to guide hospitals and critical access hospitals um, in dealing with violence. And However, I will say to you, one of the first things I think that need to be that need to occur is that they need to talk to their staff. They need to survey their staff in a fair and just way so that staff do not feel that they cannot be um, honest and give them a seat at the table so that they can really be honest about what's happening. Um, safety is everyone's first priority. There should be a zero tolerance for violence. Um, you know, and again, as I said, that focus on awareness. We hope you enjoyed some of these highlights from our 2022 episodes. We are so excited to have an amazing guest list already lined up for 2023 and also some new, really important hot topics to discuss. To check out the full episodes, head to our website, journeypx.com slash pxspace. Thank you for listening to PX Space. For more information, head to our website at journeypx.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter.